It's time for episode 358 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, August 5th, 2020. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that fills you up without slowing you down. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined, of course, across the internet by my good pal and dungeon buddy, writer emeritus, Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. Emeritus? Am I Am I no longer a writer? Is I that what I forgot what emeritus meant, but it just was... A moniker that I wanted to attach to your name. Okay. I could have gone with well, Mailbox Dan Morin, but that just didn't okay. feel right. Mailbox Dan Morin. I feel like that's the worst like professional sports sports nickname. <laughs> the Mailbox. Dan the Mailbox Morin. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. <sighs> well, you know what's not terrible? That we have two awesome guests. And I am excited to say that to my left in this virtual space, sadly not in an actual physical space, is a podcaster right here on Relay FM with originality, as well as well-known incomparable panelist and fellow dungeon buddy, it's Aline, not the mailbox, Sims. Hello, Aline. So I, I feel like the mailbox needs to have letters that they throw into the crowd. Like oh, little yes. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Hello, friends. <laughs> Love I'm it. enjoying this. I like it. And to my left this week, it is the chief emoji officer at Emojipedia, and perhaps better known as the Zachary Quinto stunt double. It's Jeremy Burge. Welcome back, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, behind the scenes, I just, it, it, as soon as you started the intro to this whole podcast, you said your things, I uh, smelled some burning down the other end of the boat here, and I realized that I forgot that I put a slice of pizza in about half an hour ago, oh, and now no. it is ruined. Oh, no. Well, at least your boat's not on fire, though, so. <laughs> The take, boat's take fine. <laughs> and I subtly, I hit the mute button and I, uh, uh, whew, I'm back. Okay, Hi, good. Everybody. Ready, ready for tech. Seamless. We're all good. Seamless. Whew, that's scary. That is the, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm very sad about your pizza, but I hope that I get to see, uh, your, your burnt pizza later on your TikTok. And speaking mm. of that, my topic is going to be about TikTok. Of course, we've got uh, four of those topics and only 30 minutes, so we'll kick things off. Instagram by Facebook is launching Instagram Reels, which is its take on TikTok. I'm curious, do you think it's too little too late from uh, old Instagram, or do you think it could be a worthy competitor to the top TikTok dog? Aline, we'll start with you. I mean, I was skeptical about Instagram stories when they were trying to take over from what's it called? Uh, the <laughs> yellow one. Uh, Guess that see, works. It's, it's so far out of mind. I don't even know anymore. Um, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know what the differentiator between Instagram reels and, um, and Instagram stories will be, I imagine they're going to be rolled in together and just some new features added. And so it's, for me, it's just kind of a shrug. Like it seems like adding new capabilities to Instagram stories is a good thing for them. Will it unseat TikTok? No, no. The only way TikTok is going to be unseated is if it goes away. And so, you know, it's, it's fine. It's whatever. 
it's what tech companies do, but I don't I don't think it's going to be like revolutionary in any way. The fun thing about getting older is like if you have those like imagine a pair of scales, all of a sudden the stuff on the side that's like technologies I don't understand just starts getting like heavier and heavier as every passing year goes by. I still haven't mastered Instagram stories. I'm not ready for a whole new thing. It's not like I, I don't even have a TikTok account. I didn't have a Snapchat, which is what Aline was trying to think of. Uh, I thought of that right when yeah. you started talking. I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> but like the, all these things are, I feel like are just maybe I'm just the wrong target audience. But I think I wouldn't count out Instagram on this front. I think that, that plenty of other places have shown that they can sort of swoop in with a product that's very similar to an existing popular product and get a whole bunch of market share. I think the added complication here is TikTok's current woes with the political climate. Um, so depending on how that shakes out, it could deal a pretty significant blow to, t- to TikTok, at least in the U.S. Um, and so Instagram you know, might see an influx of people who are just like, oh, I can't get t- TikTok. I guess I got to go to Instagram. Um, but I agree with Aline that it's hard to figure out what makes any of these services reach that insane level of popularity uh, because it's 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 like the cool thing, right? Like the harder you try to be cool, the less cool you are. And so Instagram being like, "Hey, we're cool. We've got this TikTok like feature." Like that's that's not a con- like a selling point. I think that it might win over people who are on Instagram already, and maybe they'll start you know using that more than TikTok. But I don't think it's going to make a significant dent in the diehard TikTok fan base. And speaking of diehard TikTok fan bases, <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> everyone so i i think i was on clockwise when i was uh mulling over joining tiktok earlier this year and I, and now i'm i'm there i'm i'm loving tiktok uh i've been posting bits and pieces about the boat and people seem to be they seem to be getting on board they seem to like it so <laughs> on board the boat hopefully not physically on board your boat <laughs> i know where your boat is uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i i would have to say that there's no chance of this working unlike snapchat where a lot of the market not all of it but a lot of it was person-to-person messaging uh tiktok is a hundred percent about the community it's about the commenting uh when a video comes up it's about the algorithm and it's it's basically today if you make a youtube competitor like it's just it's it's too late it doesn't matter what you do it's the fact that the creators are there the community's there yeah, just the, the features that Instagram have done, they've really slacked off. They don't have the features there. And even if they do have the features that TikTok have, it's weird. If you're making a TikTok-style video on your Instagram stories, it's just a weird thing to do to start dancing on Instagram. It's It belongs on TikTok. I don't think what they do is going to make any difference. <laughs> uh, well, I honestly, I didn't have uh, much kind of thought about this going into it because I uh, am happily a TikTok scroller and enjoy that experience. But yeah, I'm doubtful that it's going to actually take over uh, from the TikTok top dog. Uh, Aline, what is your topic for us? Okay. If you close your eyes and you think back in January of 2020, we used to be able to go places like take walks to maybe the grocery store if you live in a city or get in your car and and go somewhere and and shop around. And uh, that's really how I disconnected from tech was I would get out of my home and into the world. And now I don't do that anymore. I will literally go weeks without leaving my apartment building at this point. 
And so I keep looking for activities to help get me off of my iPhone, my iPad, my computer, and and just like enjoying another aspect of the physical world. And so I'm curious if you are in a similar boat. Jeremy is in a boat, but if you're in a similar situation <laughs> and if you're doing anything differently now to fill time than you did before kind of the the lockdown stay at home situation started happening. I think what I've realized from the pandemic is that I have no hobbies left. Like all of my hobbies I've turned into jobs, I think I've said before. Um I do, there are a few things I try to do disconnect. The biggest one for me is still taking walks because that's feasible where I live without too much running into other people and it gets me out, stretch my legs, fresh air, all of that. The one downside to that has been really, really hot here recently and finding a time during the day where it's cool enough to take a walk without just sweating up a storm has been increasingly difficult. Uh, the other thing is is honestly reading. like, and, and it's kind of only a semi-answer because I'm reading on a Kindle most of the time. Uh, but it is something that I feel like where I'm not engaging with technology in the same way. So it does let me unplug my brain a little bit. Um, but other than that, like I, I just I, I find that I don't have a lot of non-technical hobbies or things that don't involve screens. Like I like to play video games. I like to play D&D. But like all of that is online now. So it's it's got the engaging with other people parts a lot of time. But it's still through a technological medium. Um I, the, about the only other thing that I do like doing is I do like cooking. And so I do cook dinner, you know, uh, several times a week. Um, and I think that is another place where it's like I can disengage a little bit and focus on on actually creating something that's not strictly technolo technologically related. But, yeah, I think I need more hobbies. So, like Aline, I'm kind of curious to know if you guys have any suggestions. Jeremy? I uh, I have a few. Uh, the, the first one's very, uh, maybe the least relatable suggestion of all, which is that I've been cruising on my boat a bit more, uh, which I, I don't think helps anyone really, to be honest. But, <laughs> but it helps you, and that, that's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> that's the honest truth of it. So I've been, I've been cruising around a little bit more, and obviously in 2019, moving onto a boat seemed like a bit of a nutty thing to do. In 2020, it suddenly, it suddenly looks like a better idea. <laughs> You're looking around going, I told you so. Yeah, I wish I could claim credit for actually thinking this ahead rather than it just being uh, pure luck. So anyway, I've been doing a bit of that. Another thing I found quite uh, fun in the pure lockdown, I know different people in the world are more and less locked down, is uh, drone photography. You can do that from home. It's sort of technology-based, but you can, depending on where you live, if you live somewhere, you can pop a drone in the air, you can go take some photos of your neighborhood and... That's quite fun uh, to do when you when you can't leave the house. And I've also been doing a little bit more board games. Uh, some board games inside. I've been playing one called Hive. If you're out there looking for a new game to play that may or may not work for you, whether you're more like a, a Jeremy or more like a Dan, then that's quite <laughs> an easy one to get on board with. Uh, I'm more like a Micah, uh, personally. And for me, luckily here in Northern California, there are lots of different beaches. And that's great because occasionally my partner and I will go to a beach and it's quite literally just us at the beach. Uh, but something that I just found uh, not too long ago uh, for it's it's currently available for $21.70, but I found it for $9.87 or something like that. And it is a Star Wars crochet kit. 
I'm looking forward to that because I used to do some of those sort of mindless, uh, it's not entirely mindless, but sort of things that I don't have to focus on too directly, uh, type of, of projects where I could be doing other things while I'm also doing this. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I am a fidgeter. And so earlier this year, I sat down with a couple of friends and they taught me how to knit. And um, because I was on my phone, like while watching TV, just playing games. Um, and I wanted something to do to disconnect. And I've really leaned into knitting. If you follow me on Twitter, you can follow the arguments that my husband and I are starting <laughs> to have about yarn. They're delightful. Uh, he's so much fun. Um, I enjoy tweeting about my husband, but, um, but I've, I've started knitting and I'm really, really loving it. It fills that need I have to, to be moving and doing something, but I can do it while listening to an audiobook or watching TV. Um, I do keep track of patterns, um, on, Good notes on my iPad. So I do have that in front of me, but it's not like I'm actively using it. I'm just using it as like a reference thing. I could print it out if I wanted to, but I choose not to. And so that's been really, really great for my mental health over the last few months is just um, sitting down with some yarn and some knitting needles and making things. And it feels feels my need to fidget and it also feels my need for a creative outlet. So it's been great. I think we've all got some, except for maybe the boat, we've all got some projects we can try. Uh, and I am looking forward to that. But let's take a quick break because it is time for halftime. And this week's episode of Clockwise is brought to you by PDF Pen from Smile. If you haven't checked out PDF Pen lately, look, it's time because version 12 is a major upgrade from the past. You can now add page labels in multiple formats for documents. You can take advantage of new stationery to customize your page designs and zoom in up to 2000% zoom and enhance with the new magnifier window and even optimize your PDF file size as much or as little as needed. PDFs can get big and this can help you make them smaller. There are options for color, grayscale, monochrome images, and the ability to remove third-party metadata to compress documents for sharing, storing, or archiving, all while retaining quality. And all that comes standard in PDF Pen. PDF Pen Pro takes it even farther to allow you to seamlessly use DocuSign to sign or send documents easily and securely. The new versions of PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro work with PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone, allowing seamless editing across devices when used with Dropbox or iCloud. If you do any work with PDFs, you need PDF Pen. Head to smilesoftware.com slash podcast to check it out. Our thanks to PDF Pen for their support of this show and Relay FM. Alrighty, Dan, what have you got for us? So after being delayed for several months because of the pandemic, Disney is releasing its live action Mulan reboot, but it's doing it in kind of a weird way by making it available for purchase, but only to subscribers of Disney Plus, its streaming service which is already a paid service. So you have to pay to subscribe to Disney Plus, then you have to pay an additional $30 to buy a copy of Mulan. I am curious to know, what are your thoughts on this strategy? Does this seem like something that's going to pay off? Does this seem like something that's going to be uh, the way things are done maybe for a little while or maybe indefinitely? What are your thoughts on this approach, Jeremy? Uh, I'm I'm 
probably not the key demographic, not because of the content of the movie, just uh, I only got Netflix in 2020, so I'm, I feel a bit like I'm not the, I'm not your average subscriber person to the services on the internet, but nonetheless, I mean, I, if I'm Disney right now, why not give this a shot, right? Like, you get to blame everything on the pandemic, and you get to see what happens, and if lots of people subscribe and it makes you a lot of money, then you probably do it again. And if you don't make as much as you think you might have done, then you try something new next time. I mean, for me personally, if I was really wanting to see this movie, I guess I'm in the stage where I the money wouldn't be the primary factor for me. But uh, I, that that's just being fortunate as myself, whereas plenty of people in the world aren't going to pay the money to subscribe and then pay again if if they're not already a subscriber. That goes without saying. There's got to be millions of those people. It's just whether or not this is worth it for Disney. So I don't know, but hey, if I'm them, what's to lose in trying something like this, even if it could be considered a little bit out there? So that, that's my take on it. I don't know. What do you think, Micah? I got to be honest with you. So along with just not ever kind of feeling comfortable in movie theaters in general. Um, there were, there are kind of two factors that come to play whenever I go to a movie theater. Uh, the, the second factor is the fact that, um, my first trip to the emergency room for the heart issues that I had some years ago started at a movie theater. And I can't help but remember that anytime I've been in a movie theater since then. And also, I just have an, and you know, this is not me making a joke at all. This is genuinely a concern. I, anytime someone comes in late to a movie or gets up randomly during a movie, I am immediately on guard, uh, because of, of, uh, unfortunate shootings that have taken place in movie theaters. So not really into movie theaters in general. Uh, so if I can watch the films that people go to movie theaters to see at home and I just pay a little bit more money, which ends up being about the same if you end up getting that uh, popcorn and whatnot, then I think this is great. And I think that um, at the very least, it helps restore some sense of normalcy to a world that is just in dire need of that. So yeah, more power to this I this distribution method. And I hope we see more and more of this. I'm on board with releasing movies for a premium um, as they come out in theaters. If we get to a point where theaters are a thing again, um, I'm also not a big movie goer just because it's such a hassle. It's very time consuming to go to movies. Um, and so I, I'm on board with the like paying $30 to, to watch the movie where I am a little bit, uh, less enthused about this idea is the pay on top of the subscription price. So you pay $30 to, I guess, own the movie, which you can only watch as you continue to be subscribed to the service. At least that's as I understand it right now. And I don't know, that that feels kind of icky to me. And so I, I do applaud Disney. And if anyone can get away with it, Disney can. But I applaud them for, you know, doing, doing the release, uh, for charging a premium for it. I think that's 
perfectly fine. But where I balk is that requirement that you be a subscriber and then pay on top of the subscription price. So I don't, I don't know if it'll work or not. Like I said, Disney can get away with things that a lot of companies cannot, but I, I don't personally like the way they're going about it this time. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing for me is that buying money on, you know, spending money on top of spending money for something you only have access to as long as you're a subscriber feels strange. Um, it's one thing if I buy, you know, if they put on the movies available early and they're available on, you know, Amazon and Apple and all the usual stores and you pay more for it, but you own it. Uh, that's fine. I actually have no objection to that whatsoever. Like several people said, it's fine to charge a premium for these things. This is the way the world is right now. I love going to the movies. I'm sad I can't do that anymore. Um, And I hope that someday in the future that will be a thing again. But I'm not uh, adverse to this in any way. I think the most interesting thing about it is like, (laughs) this is an interesting plan for Disney. I'm kind of curious about the future of it because what I think is the problem is there's a dearth of movies in production now. So there's stuff that was produced and made before the pandemic, but at some point we're going to hit a weird gap where all the stuff that got shut down for the last several months, uh, there's no movies coming out or very few movies coming out. And so I'm kind of interested to see how Disney deals with this in terms of its production schedule sliding and whether this is a thing they do for like all the movies that would have come out during that period or whether it's, you know, something that's a long-term plan. Um, Mulan may not be the thing that's, you know, foremost in my mind. Um, but you know, I'm, I know it's got a lot of popularity and a lot of people want to see it. If Disney were doing this with the Black Widow movie, I think I would definitely be more interested and be considering this. Um, but yeah, I, I think I agree with the lean sentiment that Disney can kind of get away with this stuff where a lot of other companies can't. Uh, and as Jeremy said, if they make money, uh, they'll keep doing it. And if they don't, they'll do something else. But I think it's good that all these things, you know, we have the distribution methods to start delivering these things digitally. Let's take advantage of that. And if they want to make some money off it, well, it cost them a lot of money to make it. So I have no problems with that. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our last topic today, which comes from Jeremy. So uh, we've all seen, you know, like the meme of I thought by 2020 we'd have flying cars, but instead we have this and it's like a, a... $800 $800 juice machine or whatever, whatever people like to put out there. <laughs> and I guess I'm just wondering, maybe not as such a big scale, but is there something that you genuinely thought would be using right now, either product wise, a feature on our phones or other tech that we use that you just assumed would have by this time in 2020 or something that sort of was announced and never even came out? I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in what's missing. Uh, and maybe, maybe you could fill me in. I've got a few ideas myself. Uh, Mike. Yeah, mine's sort of a, it's a biological technology. And I really did think that um, the the Jetsons food pill and the Willy Wonka, what was it like, everlasting gobstopper would be a, a biological technology that we would have at this point. Um, I had hoped that by the time I was this age that I could just say, okay, um, I've got things I need to do today. So let me just boop and I'm good to go. And mm, I love that. Frustratingly, the only thing that we have is Soylent, and it's not people, but it's also not great. Uh, and that should be their their tagline. Uh, yeah, that's that's my thoughts. Aline, what about you? I complain about thinking about food so much. I hate it, and right. I oh. love your answer. Um, mine is 
kind of answering the spirit rather than the letter of your question, Jeremy. And the iPhone (laughs) iPhone 4S was released in October of 2011. That's almost nine years ago. And Siri isn't a whole lot better now than it was then. Um, I mean, granted, like the server errors and the overload uh, during commute times and that kind of stuff isn't happening anymore like it did in the early days. But I can't tell you how many times a day I ask a HomePod a question and it cannot answer it. Um, it. It seems like this technology is still limited to very basic stuff like um, simple home automation, uh, telling you the weather, maybe defining words if it understands what you say correctly. And so I really am longing for the Star Trek future where I can say, hey, tell me the answer to this. And it tells me the answer instead of saying, I'm sorry, I can't do that. So, you know, come on, please. I know there are engineers working on Siri. I know some of the engineers working on Siri. And I'm really excited for this technology to advance and actually be something I can use. If you'd asked me when I was a kid, uh, what we would have by 2020, my answer would have been hoverboards. And not the stupid ones with the wheel in the middle, but like the legit Back to the Future <laughs> Real 2 hoverboards, hoverboards. people. Real hoverboards, people. And I'm still disappointed, although they are clearly would be insanely dangerous. Um, the thing that more, you know, later in life that I, I'm kind of surprised we don't have yet is, well, VR, it seems like has gotten a lot better. The idea of sort of like a virtual, a real like virtual reality shared space where everybody's got their avatar and shows up kind of like the internet, but like, you know, in VR. I I know exactly why we don't have it in 2020, because it sounds like a potential disaster. But I thought for sure that we would have some real like cyberspace VR experience where, you know, you put on your headset and like you are lost in, in, you know, interacting with other people through virtual interfaces and just like experiencing the fully immersive version of, you know, being connected with people across the world. So we've gotten parts of that, you know, we've got VR and we've got the internet, but those two things haven't really combined in that way. And every time things get close to that, I think Facebook tried this at one point, uh, they're kind of hilarious and terrible. So I'm surprised that we don't have, I guess, essentially the matrix, but without the aliens harvesting us for our energy. I'm kind of surprised about that. (laughs) Ah, wow. Those are all some very good answers. I have a very small uh, nitpick. It's a feature that was announced, I think, by Apple last year on on FaceTime. The whole thing where when you're looking up at the camera, not at the person, and they were going to fix your eyes to make it look like you're looking at them directly, and that I, I'm I'm not going. I'm not, I'm not misremembering this, right? This was announced, and then mm-hmm. it just never came out, and. For years, I always thought they were going to put the camera behind the screen. There'd be some kind of magical... I don't know how screens work. Maybe that's not possible. But for years, <laughs> I always thought the webcam would be moved behind the screen somehow so you'd look at people's eyes. And then Apple announced this, and I went, of course. That's so simple. Snapchat have these wild filters where they change your face, and there's face tune apps. You can do all kinds of stuff with your face. It seemed pretty easy to adjust your eyes, but that never came out, and... I don't know. Makes me makes me feel like it's not as personal when you're staring just above someone. So come on, everybody, let's get on board with that. 
I actually think that's in the 14 beta. It is in the 14 beta. Yeah. So yeah. you can look forward to it in the future. It is coming, allegedly. Which means the rest of our stuff is coming too, right? Hoverboards? <laughs> right. Like next week? Yes. Whole yeah. And I'm getting my food pills. <laughs> Alrighty, folks. We have just about reached the end of another episode of Clockwise. But I have just enough time for a bonus question. What was the worst style choice <laughs> you ever made? Every hairstyle until I was like 27. <laughs> God, there are so many options, Micah, but I'm going to say uh, the teenage years where I used to wear one of those, you know, those flat caps, like the snap brim caps. Uh-huh. That, and I wore it backwards. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, I was going to, I, I didn't want to say my hair because I agree, hairstyle choices, but maybe my home furnishing style when I was at university, I had these sort of vintage lamps, but then it was next to like beanbags and a cardboard box was my <laughs> table. So I don't know. I don't know whether I was fooling anyone with my, with my vintage style there. Uh, for me, it was, and I kid you not, a camel brown velour tracksuit that I used Ooh. to wear in middle school. And it was all one color. I don't know, Micah. That sounds pretty hot. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I can actually see you rocking that. I got to be honest. Well, that's really kind of you. It just it was the same color as my skin, so I just looked like one big, <laughs> one big velour tracksuit. Where did Micah go? Ah, <laughs> uh, dear. Anyway, thank you all for your answers on that bonus question. It's time to say goodbye to our guest, Celine Sims. Thank you so much for being here again. Thank. Thanks for having me on. Jeremy Burge, always a pleasure to have you here and keep the boat going. <laughs> uh, thank you. I'm going I'm to go, <laughs> go save my, my bit of pizza now. And Micah, that's another week gone for us, but we will be back next week. And until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.